But you know what? One thing's for sure. I read, when I read this first, what God's highest priority on the syllabus is. You know, it's like there's a lot of the syllabus changes. In case you all don't know that, sometimes they'll move a test back. Hallelujah, right? Or even every once in a while, cancel a test. Like sometimes you'll take four tests and they'll skip the final. Some miraculous thing happens and God saves you. But most of the time, you know, I think what you got to realize is what's the most important stuff on there. A lot of us learn that doing the homework is not your biggest grade or your lab. You know, a lot of you have one-hour labs in your labs. Only counts as one hour. Remember that. And so it's the other one that really hurts you when you get a C. So it's like, anyway, what is God's? Think about it for me. What is it that he's going to be grading you on, Rachel, this, week, this year? And it's like, I would think when you go to college, you have one of the most growth times in your entire life. I mean, there's an incredible amount of spiritual growth that can go on. Or you can do absolutely nothing with Jesus in college. And an awful lot of people especially Methodists, I can testify, when they get to college, it's like Jesus goes on the back burner. He's like, there, I call it playing the pagan. They're not really not a Christian. They're just not really serious about their faith. And then they get out and go, oh yeah, Jesus. You know, it's like, what if college was all about growing in Christ and getting closer every day and every year and every semester? And it's like, that's what I think God did for Liz and I both in college. You might wonder why I'm a campus minister. I really think that's why, dear, is because we both like bloomed in college. You know, it was amazing how all of a sudden God started speaking and I started listening and I learned my love for the Bible. Well, here we are. Where I'm giving you today what I think is the top of the syllabus, the most important test, the one that's weighted 75%, if you want to call it that. I think my patience certainly is going to be a bad grade this year, but hopefully on the big grade, I'll get a really good grade on this one. I don't know. This is the chapter in the Bible, the second most famous chapter on, on love beginning in 1 John 4, and it's a song, if you all know some of it, they made it into a song, so, and I'm on the wrong page, so I can't read it. Oops, and there goes my sermon. Okay, ready? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for those words, the wisdom. Help us to see your syllabus for us this semester. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So back to the sermon here. Let me just start off with one of the things you got to learn, and I know many of you have heard this before, there's three basic words in the New Testament for love, right? And so this is important, not that they're exactly defined, but I've heard, I read someplace there's four, I've read another place there's six or eight, but basically there's three that are common, right? Eros, philios, and agape, right? Philios is brotherly love, it's a good love, it's a righteous love, but it's not quite godly completely based on God's love for us. And so at the top, the highest of all loves in Greek is agape. In fact, the word was sort of made up by Christians to define what exactly what we're talking about. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm confessing my own sin. I'm old enough now that I remember hippies, but I don't remember them like I was one. I remember like thinking, ooh, those dirty hippies, you know, and long-haired and sm- Oh, no offense, Dean. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Smelly, never washed your hair. You know, it's like, Dean is a very clean hippie. But anyway, no. <laughs> He's not a hippie. But really, the funniest thing about him is I don't know what your teachers teach you about what the hippies were really about. 
they were not about self-discipline and cleanliness or, or morality even, but they had signs all the time. <coughs> Everywhere you, uh, you saw them, there'd be stuff like, God is love, peace and love, and the world would be wonderful. And it really turned me off to love. Oddly enough, it's like, I thought to myself, what they mean is free sex. Now, you might think that's a great idea. It doesn't work. Let me just tell you, it's been tried generation after generation. It ends up being a destruction of all kinds of family stuff and just a mess. And, you know, most everybody who lived through that kind of goes, yeah, that was pretty crazy. You know, it's like, but it was like we have to reinvent it every 30 years. Well, they did that thing. And so I, I sort of took the God is love thing in a negative way. Then I went to confirmation classes. Did you all going to go to confirmation? I went to confirmation. And then they said, God is love. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think so. You know, it's like it didn't seem quite right thinking about what, what they were saying. What he was saying, I want to tell you, we have so screwed up the definition of love in our culture. You don't know what people are talking about it. You really don't. When they say, I love you. I actually resist saying I love you to strangers, but once I know you, I'll probably say I love you at some point. But I don't mean I lust you or I, you know, eros you, and I might mean philia, but most of the time I'm trying to say that with our love together of God that we can love each other, you know, and it's like a bigger, a higher love. This is important. Think about the ridiculous terms we use for love in our world. You know, we talk about loving my car. You cannot agape love a car, Ben. No, it's not possible. Even my favorite is car. It's just a machine. There's nothing there. There's no God about it, you know? And it's like, I start to wonder, what about my dachshund? I certainly love her. Is it agape love? Surely it is. I, I don't know. But it's a high love. It's certainly not as low as a lot of them. But I love cranberries. I love blueberries, you know? Can you imagine me dating one? You know, it's like, no, it's ridiculous. But, but we've, we've made that mean. So I'm going to stop that word right now. We're not going to use love anymore in this. We're going to talk about agape, okay? So you know what I'm talking about. Because what I've found is I have to disassociate hippie love with what love really means in these verses, okay? And so I'll think about it in a second here. First of all, it starts, you didn't see this, but in the other versions it says, it doesn't say dear friends, it says beloved, which is the word agapitas, which means special good friends, someone who shares the faith. Now, one of these things is really hard for Christians to understand. We talk about fellowship all the time with people. Actually, guys, you don't have fellowship with Aggies. You have fellowship with Christians. That's the only way koinonia, that's the word in Greek, actually happens. So agape love can only happen between two Christians. Now, you can share it with people, but they don't really respond the same way. So you see, we've got a really high definition of love here. We're not talking about just liking somebody else. You know what? This is you're going to laugh. But I discovered that certain people smell good to you. Have you guys ever read this before? That there's some people, initially, you just meet them, and something about their, forgive the word, body odor, chemicals, whatever. There's a pheromones. Call it whatever you want. I don't know. It's like all of a sudden, you just kind of know, I could be friends with this person. And then other people, and other people, you'll be like, hmm, something weird about this. You know, it's like you just don't. And it's like there is no logical explanation Whatever it is, chemistry, if you want to call it that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a love that's for people that you don't even like their smell, and you don't even like the way they look. Seriously, you would be amazed how much appearance matters in who we decide is going to be our friends. Too much, guys. I think to Jesus, it didn't really matter what anybody looked like or smelled like, you know, or, or even some of their coarser side because agapalev goes beyond just the physical. There's nothing wrong with loving your friends. There's a Bible verse, and you need to ponder this, that says that if you only love your friends, you're no better than the pagans. They love their friends and their family. We have to push beyond that. 
to a whole different level of love, behind, beyond the people that just automatically appeal. I mean, there really are some people that are just easy to love. Can I pick on you, Doug? Hey, Doug is easy to love. He really is. It's not hard at all for me to love you, Doug. I don't really struggle with it. I'm sure you have an ugly side. So do I. It's very, very tiny. But you know, it's like, you know, it's like I'm sure you have a little bit. For the most part, it's an easy thing to love you. Not everybody's that way. Have you noticed? God has so slapped me in the face this week about love because I've been mad at somebody a good part of the week and I don't like them and I'm not their friend. And I'm like, but God doesn't say that's okay. You know, somehow, agape love has to be higher than that really person that irritates you. You don't, Does anybody else get irritated with people sometimes? Yes, there's just... <laughs> you might better not be talking about Cali. But anyway, it's like, you know, there's... A challenge here that I'm putting out before you, that God wants you to get the highest grade, right? Do the best in learning to love beyond our comfort zone, right? The people that are not like you. And I, I don't know if you ever met many international people, but a lot of times with international people, they're different. But I actually think it's kind of neat to get to know someone who's really different from a different culture. And if you're bold enough to go, I'm going to get to know this person, you'll be, you'll be surprised. I remember one of the persons I met in, uh, at A&M was a girl that was completely paralyzed and she was in a wheelchair. And so I just made a point to sit next to her every day and talk to her. And it was amazing friendship just because her life was so different than mine, you know? And we talked about values. She was a Christian, by the way, but it was just, you know, how she got hurt and just, just different stuff. But it was, you know, if you don't make yourself be a little uncomfortable, you're never going to learn to like reach out with agape love. It'll be comfortable love. So the question is, is it wrong to comfortably love your friends? No, no, not at all. But there's a whole other step. Even your good friends, you can go, okay, I want to love this person different. So how do I define it? The best definition I could find was selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. That scares me right there. We're getting this new baby here, you heard pretty soon. And what you do when you get a new baby, it is amazing. Little Clary, when we got our first baby daughter, she just was mine the instant I saw her. She was mine actually in utero, but when I saw her, it's like she looked at me and I looked at her. She heard my voice and she totally stopped crying. And she was like, hmm, he sounds familiar. You know, and it's like we were bonded. I, I don't, it's a freaky thing in life, isn't it, dear? When all of a sudden all your love, right, Sharon, is just given to somebody and they didn't even do anything to earn it. There is no niceness about it. They're slimy when they come out. They don't smell good. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I'm trying to describe it to you guys. It's kind of like a, a raw leg of lamb. You know, it's just kind of, you know, it's like, you know, you're just kind of like, ooh, let's rinse this, rinse this off real quick, you know? It's like, but, but you put this incredible love just goes on you. Well, okay, guys, think about this for a second. God loved us. When did God decide to love you? Sterling. He said, Sterling in the raw, the naked, ugly Sterling. I love him anyway, right? I cast it upon you. And that's the, sort of the same thing we're talking about. You got a spiritual, supernatural power that says, I want to agape love somebody beyond just when they please me. Or, you know, maybe I'll have to be serving them my, the whole relationship, but I'm going to give that love over and over and over. I was thinking about it as I was doing dishes. You wondered why I was doing dishes tonight. It's because I was thinking about sacrificial love and going, I don't like to do dishes. Ben should be doing this. You know, why is Ben not back here? You know, I was thinking, I'm bitter. I'm not a sophomore. I'm a super senior. I don't have to be back here with you guys. And I'm thinking, and then I'm thinking, oh, that's real sacrificial attitude, Max. You know, it's like hypocrite, liar, you know, but it's like, Sometimes you got to go, love costs, right? It's hard to do that kind of love and to serve over and over. Wait till you cleaned 100 diapers this week and you're on number 101 and you're like, 
Nobody told me this thing was going to poop all day long. You know, it's like, it's, it really, it, it teaches you about something wonderful and something beautiful. And somehow God is involved in that, really. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you don't have to like the person to agape love them. In fact, likely until you get to know them, you're not going to like them at first. You're going to make yourself like them. In nursing school, you may run into some people that don't, they rub you wrong. And you're going to have to go, I'm going to love this hard to love person. This amazing thing happens when you use God's power to love all of a sudden, you'll see most people, not everybody, but most people will respond. If you feel like they love them, then all of a sudden, they're going to start to like you and respond. Now, this person I talked about this week, she's not going to like me no matter what I do, and I've given up on that, but God still says, throw that love out there. God's love has got to be out there, whether it's re- returned or not, has nothing to do with it. Anyway, agape love proves that we're born of God. Think about this one for a second. Where did this love come from? Right? It's impossible for me to love that way. All of us are such selfish people that by myself, I cannot love somebody without some desire to love them. You know, like something that I get from it. But agape love goes beyond that, right? It says, I'm going to love the unlovable, right? The one that's really difficult for me. The one that's different than me all the time and stuff. And so I find that that's really important. But it proves, if you can do that, it proves that God's love is in you. Till you do, you haven't really proved it. Till you love the hard to love, you don't really understand. Think about how sterling, how hard would sterling be to love in his raw self, you know, sinner, you know, and God said, I'm going to give my agape love to sterling. So now what, sterling? What do you do with it? You say, God sure loves me. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. That's crazy, isn't it? That's right, crazy. What do you think God wants you to do? Do you guys remember the second commandment? I, I remember it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? He's saying, okay, I've done it to you. I have done this awesome gift of incredible agape love. How could you not turn around and give it to other people? It makes you a wonderful person when people love, or, um, you love people. They sense it. They really do. I mean, they sense that you're a loving person. Not every day, not every moment. I'm just saying that God's love is working in you. So I looked up on the internet. You guys need to do this love meter just to see, because I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we had a meter, you know, that you could squeeze it and it would tell how much you love, well, agape love, it doesn't work that way. But if it did, it would be cool, wouldn't it? We could have it during communion, everybody come and squeeze, and we'll see Ben's at 12%, and Blake's at 22%, you know, Sterling's at 57%. Well, I, the one they had on, on the internet was about romantic love, and I put you in, dear, and they had us put our names in there, and we, we only have 38% chance that we'll be happily married, so... That's really tough, you know, it's like, so, and I, I put in Paul first, because that's my real name, and then the second time I put in Max, and it came out to the same thing, and then I put our full names and went down to 38%, so I guess your last names don't jive very well or something, but wouldn't it be awesome, though, if you could just kind of check in and go, Caitlin, how's my love meter this week, you know, and God could go, well, you actually are kind of rude in class, you know, it's like you, you actually are sort of mean, and you're down 7% this year, you know, so you got a 93 instead of the perfect 100 you usually get, you know, but, but I know that's absurd, but think about it, we never even stop and go, how am I doing on love? How am I learning to love the hard to love person? Do people see in us love? So there's a story, you, well, Mother Teresa, you all probably don't remember her, but Mother Teresa uh, died not too long ago, really, and she was doing mission. She's a nun, and she did mission for almost her whole life to, I just lost it, India. India. And she did the lowest of low. I mean, she was put on TV, and they made a big hoopla about who, what a wonderful person she was, but actually she was a humble shy kind of person who just served and served and served with people that were really sick in India and poor and stuff. And someone went up to her one time, she was cleaning up a festering wound on somebody. And the person said something to her like, I could never do something like that. 
And her answer was, I couldn't either, but God in me can. And it's like really profound if you think about it. It's like God in you can love the obnoxious person in your class, even the professor that's a real butt. You know what I mean? Or, or, even, or even the person that in your team, your little work team, and doesn't do their share. You know, these are really hard people to love. Everybody smiles at that one. You know what I mean? When you want to, they don't get in on time, and you're always covering for them, and it's like, it's hard. So where's your love meter, you know? If at the end of the semester, are you going to be like, I've actually grown in learning to love with agape love, or are you going to be like, I haven't grown at all. I'm the same person. I've been friends to my friends, right? I've never connected. God showed us his agape love by sending his son. What more could he have done, if you think about than to do that? I have a... I have a little shuffle, I shuffle, I washed it in the washing machine last week, and it is quite dead, you know, <laughs> and stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about, the little I shuffle thing? And I have all, what, is that right? I, I shuffle. Yeah, and I, I uh, put all my music on it. And so when I run at the gym, I listen to Christian music, and it really cheers me up, not slow chanting, real Christian music. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, and stuff, and so I get out there, and I listen to it, and I really love it. But it'd be like, think about it, if when I downloaded all that stuff onto my shuffle, right, wouldn't it be weird if I just ran around and never played it? You know, it's like I never, never turned on the shuffle. I just carried it. I could do that now. I could just carry it in my pocket. And everybody would think I was listening to my eye shuffle, but I wouldn't be listening. I wouldn't be benefiting. I think that's what it'd be like if you didn't really do what God's uh, agape love in your life. If you just said, I'm not going to grow in my love. I'm just going to put it in my pocket and not really use it. That's crazy. It's really crazy behavior. This is what will bring us joy in life, is letting this amazing love that overwhelms us and then we got to turn around and give it to other people, right? The question comes up, who's your neighbor? I don't really know. But our motivation for doing it is right there. God did it for you, Sterling, and now he wants you to do it for other people. He wants you to take that unconditional, I'll even do stuff for you, I'll sacrifice whatever happens, that kind of love, and give it to other people. That's where that song that Ben sang to us, they'll know where Christians are love. I pondered it a lot because I've always thought of it in the terms of, well, we get together, we have a great time, everybody will see that we're happy, and they'll... Follow Jesus, you know, and they'll know Christians are fun. But it's deeper than that, guys. It's way deeper than that. It's like we can love with a supernatural love beyond anything the world can even understand. You know, that's the one that's going to glow. It's going to be shining throughout our lives. If you think about it, everything that God has done in history has got love as the motive. Now, yes, he's just. Yes, he's righteous. Yes, he has doctrine and standards and justice. But what does the verse tell us? The greatest of these is love right? Remember that one in 1 Corinthians? You're a noising gong and a clanging cymbal if you don't have it. And in this verse, it just flat out says, this is bold. God is love. God is love. That still freaks me out. Not hippie love. He's about love, agape love. And that, I just got to keep reminding myself. There's even a verse that says, the gospel in a word is love. In one word. How much more could you, could you say clear? You know, could you be more clear than that? It's like, this is the big thing. God is love, not wisdom, not righteousness, not purity, not sexual freedom. None of those things can be God and be the number one. So how can that define God? I would say on your, on your syllabus, the number one thing, your final exam, right, is agape love. And all those traits of God are the little, are the little things underneath, right? The tests and the quizzes and all. Let's not mess this up, right? Let's take college and chase after God in a, in a whole new way, right? Make God the priority in your life. I think college will go so much better and your life so much better, right? You'll be practicing this incredible love and it will shine to your family. It'll shine to everyone around you. That doesn't mean they'll all become Christians, but it means that they'll see there's really something that happened to you. 
that changed your life. For y'all that weren't here last week, I gave my testimony and finding Christ. I, I really asked the Lord to come in my life because I wanted the love that my youth group had. And then what's so funny is it didn't even occur to me I'd have to love anybody else. It didn't occur to me that there was some pressure in this. And it's like many years later I realized that really with that incredible change in my life, there was the responsibility now to share that love to my family, my friends, and to people I don't even know, right, to the world. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you that uh, your love is so awesome, so incredible. It's beyond any other word than agape, Lord. We pray we want that in our life. We want to know your agape love, and we want to give it away. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.